This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Episode 73 of a Clean Skate Podcast, a Dallas Stars Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And ladies and gentlemen, the Dallas Stars are still in the finals. All right, at the time I'm recording this, the Dallas Stars have won game five. They have forced a game six, and hopefully after the Monday night game, they can force a game seven for the Stanley Cup on Wednesday. Now, we did manage to catch up with Chase Crawshaw of the Bolt broadcast this week to talk about all of the crazy games as well because me and him chatted last week before the series had started to talk about the series with the Blue Notes podcast, which was a lot of fun. Go check out the Blue Notes podcast for that. We had a bit of a head-to-head matchup on why people should tier for the Stars and the Lightning, and obviously the Stars won, but we did talk to Chase to see how he's felt so far from a Lightning standpoint in the last games that have happened and what the Stars need to do to force a Game 7 and hopefully pull off the comeback to win the Stanley Cup. So I'm going to get us right over to that interview. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, everyone, we have talked to all of the Dallas Stars opponents so far this playoff series, and they all have ended quite well for us so far. However, we are meeting right in the middle of probably the close, or actually, not probably, the closest Dallas has been to elimination all playoffs so far here uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And so to uh, to, to talk to us and uh hopefully uh, give us some insight on how the Dallas Stars can pull this thing off. We've got Chase Crawshaw from the Bolts broadcast. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Always down to talk hockey. Yeah, and so we we chatted uh, last week on the Blue Notes podcast, um, where right after game one, um, Dallas obviously won that game 4-1. And then after that, Tampa came back and rattled off a 3-2 win a 5-2 win, and a 5-4 overtime win. Um, so obviously uh, those put the the Lightning within striking distance of winning the whole thing. Um, what did you see was the biggest change uh, from game one to those next three games? I mean, the Lightning actually showed up to play this time. Game one, those first 40 minutes were I mean, really atrocious. It was some of the worst hockey I've seen the Lightning play probably all year and they, they you know they started to put together in the third in, in that game one and they really took that momentum you know going forward uh game two they came out hot and really like games two three and four they looked pretty dominant uh, the whole way like Dallas still showed signs don't get me wrong and Tampa still struggled some ways 
but the star players, uh, you know, th- throughout this playoffs, they've been good. Um, some you guys could be a little bit better. And Brain Point, like, is you know, a guy who you, you really need to rely on in these playoffs, and he really put the team on his back off uh, those next few games. And those guys just have been firing on all cinder- cylinders, excuse me, and, you know, put Tampa in the situation they're in now. So what do you think, uh, like, was the biggest, I, I guess, di- like, why was game one so different from game two, game three, and game four? I really like the only thing I could think is like may, maybe uh, you know they'll send two extra days of rest maybe that that means something or maybe t- Tampa just flat out you know like didn't respect them enough I don't know Tampa they they just didn't really seem like they were like giving like like any effort in the first thing they didn't really seem like they cared at all it was just like you know a regulation game in January to them. So I don't know. I don't know if, if it's just a quick turnaround. Uh, you know, normally when you're going to a Stanley Cup Finals, you get a week off for all the media and stuff. Obviously, not happening in a COVID year. So like, I mean, that's my best guess is that probably Rascal. I can't imagine they would take uh, Dallas too lightly. So one of the big storylines uh, going into Game Three was the return of Steven Stamkos, and he showed up. He played five shifts. He scored one goal, and then he he's out for the rest of the series like can you explain to me like what it worked I guess right like I figured like I I was talking to um Ishan Dillon about you know about the whole thing and I was like it's a fantastic like morale boost and we should have expected them to come out in game two with with like the the explosion that they did at the beginning um because of you know that return of the captain to their lineup but can you just like explain to me like like the whole Stamco situation here? Oh my God, it's been a nightmare. <laughs> like it, it's been killer to Tampa fans through all these playoffs. Uh, like from the beginning, you know, like they're saying, all right, he's not going to play around Robin, uh, but maybe we'll see him in the first round. And the first round comes around. All right, we're not going to see him in the first round, maybe the second round. And then it's pushed back to the third. Then I'll get pushed back to the finals. And it was still, if you see him going to play. Uh, he just honestly just kind of showed up in the lineup. I, I went on our podcast and I officially declared him out for the playoffs going into the Stanley Cup Finals because like there was just no sign of improvement. There's no uh, just talk about him at all uh, being anywhere near close to the lineup. And all of a sudden he's in, plays under three minutes, scores a goal on his one shot, and now is just out again. It's I mean, if Tampa wins this cup, that that's something that you make a thirty for thirty out of. That's documentary type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I thought like it was funny. I definitely like if. If I had seen that Stam, I didn't really because I think like a lot of people, no one really knew Stamkos was gonna be even in that game at all. That no, it was right. It was. It's not. That wasn't expected. Um, uh-huh. Were you? Do you feel? I mean, that's obviously a huge boost to your lineup. But like, do you think his presence is one of the reasons they came out so hot in that third game? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you could tell they were buzzing from the get-go. Stammer going out there, you could tell that the team was excited. And the second he scored that goal, it, it was going to be impossible to beat Tampa that night. They were refusing to lose that game. They were doing everything in their power. Uh, just, it, you know, the guy's had such an unfortunate career with injuries. He, he's the leader of this team. The fact that he's able to contribute to the team in a way like that, even if it is, you know, such a small amount of ice time and we're not going to see him again, that's, that's enough to, like, really get the team going. You could tell that. You know, instead of going 100, 110%, they're going 160% on the ice. They just – they did not want to do anything to jeopardize losing that game. And really the next following games after that, too, the same thing. Like you could just tell they still had that energy going. Uh, 
even in the last game that they ended up losing in double overtime, you could still see they have that energy. They dominated that first LT, for example. It should have been a Tampa win, but it just doesn't go that way. So now moving ahead, obviously that's game three. Now looking at game four, game four uh, was really frustrating from a Dallas perspective because it obviously Dallas is the most penalized team in this playoffs. Like that's a stat. We know that we take a lot of penalties, but it felt like in this one, especially there were a lot of uh, frustrating calls that were going Dallas's way. And then because of that, Dallas started that game with a two nothing lead. Tampa was able to get themselves back into it and then eventually win it on the power play. And so going into this series, the power play was a really big struggle for Tampa, which was a surprise for all of us. What has gotten the Tampa power play back to its, you know, expected efficiency? So something that, you know, I, I did notice when they were struggling, it, it was kind of almost trying to be too cute. You know, it was too, it was almost too much star power just trying to, you know, all be as flashy as they can, trying to be, you know, super creative. And they weren't really getting shots on that. If they were, they were, you know, they weren't great A. They were low-chance shots, just kind of low-pad, kick to the corner and out of the zone. Uh, most power plays were going by. Maybe you'd get a shot on that. Maybe you'd get two. But you could tell on the, on the power plays that Tampa scores on, it's because they're moving the puck around. They're, uh, they're not a big net front team, but they're really good at getting those uh, rebound-type shots and then pouncing on the net that way instead of just trying to screen the goalie the whole time. Um, so they finally started getting those things to start working again. And you, you could tell on the power play goals, you'll see a lot of the things where it's they're just they kind of stop being cute and they just they get it on that and they get those efficient chances. So and on the theme of penalties and, and that sort of stuff, uh, something that I'm sure frustrated you at, as a Tampa fan, but I guess I I want to get your take on the Corey Perry hooking and then Braden Point embellishment. Yeah, I see. Oh I knew I, I knew you were gonna give me that look. I lost my mind. I was screaming at my TV. I, I try to keep my emotions in check when I'm watching stuff, but I was screaming at my TV. That was absolutely garbage. A guy like Corey Perry, I don't think someone's gonna die when they're doing something when he's doing something to them. If he's doing something, he's clearly doing it. And he got sticked in the nuts. You, you expect him to just keep on going? No, that doesn't feel great. And like Corey Perry knew exactly what he was doing. And I, I just I just I can't believe you take both guys in that situation. I I don't, I don't even know. It just blows my mind. I'm so angry. So angry. So, so that is – so it, it, it plays like that. And I was trying – I was actually watching this game with one of my Tampa friends. And I was trying to – and he was obviously very frustrated. And in any other situation, for me, I would have been in livid as well. Obviously, Corey Perry is playing for the team I'm cheering for. And I will take – bring point in the box for two minutes all day of the week. But I was trying to explain to my friend that how the – the brilliance of that play, um, you, you know, because they, uh, you because know, Corey Perry hooks Braden Point, and in the middle of his hook, he he turns and looks at the ref, and is immediately looking for the ref to make that embellishment call, and he knows he's going to the box, but like the fact that he did it, and he he just he knew he was going to take point off. Like, the minute he went to do what he was trying to do, he's like, Braden Point's going into the box with me as well. And that's why I think it, it's a genius play from Corey Perry. Like, it is, but you say it's a genius play, but that's a scummy genius play. That's something it, that a listen, scummy player I'm, does. I'm not, de- I'm not debating whether or not, like, it's a dirty play. It's a whole, but again, in any such other situation, I, I'm upset about that. Corey Perry's on my team. I'm not going to hate that, right? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Right, so I, I, I get as and as a hockey fan, like it's a dirty play. Like you never want to. It's bush league. Yeah, it's you're you're chopping trees at that point. But I just thought it was it was brilliant, and my friend was so mad at me for having that take. But it was just it was such a genius play from Perry to get point off the ice for a little bit. We didn't do anything with it, but I, I thought it was a good play on his part. No, I mean, I, I don't disagree. Uh, you, like, you could just kind of like the way he did it. Like, it didn't look very hard, but you don't need a hard tap to the nuts to go down. So that's yeah. – I, I, so Corey Perry, like, he definitely knew what he was doing, and uh, he knew the point was going to go down there, and the ref was probably going to think he's trying to sell. So, no, that's 100% fair what you're saying, but I, it, it's not going to make me any less angry. Right. No, <laughs> I, I understand. So then in, in, the, in the spirit of karma then, in overtime – Jamie Ben flies by Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson goes down, call a penalty and a lightning score on the power play to win it in overtime to take take the three one lead. So now I gotta know, is that a penalty? Are you calling that on Jamie Ben? Me personally, like it it's it's the playoffs. I I I'm not a big fan of like non calls and just letting everything go. But if it's ticky tacky, usually let it go. So I, I'm gonna be honest. I wouldn't call that. I saw you know a lot of Tampa fans and even non-Tampa fans saying, "Oh, that's definitely a penalty." But then I also saw the other side. Oh, no way that should be called. But I honestly, if, if I was a ref in the situation, I probably would have let it go. So so and obviously the the penalties work into Tampa's game plan. They have I, yep. the the stronger power play, and if Dallas keeps taking penalties, we saw in this game because. While that that power play goal ended the game and it was a bad it's a bad call for the penalty, we were up two nothing and we let bad penalties earlier in the game allow Tampa to even get it to that point. So then we go into game five and there are three penalties called the whole game, double overtime and everything. Like, do you think that was an intentional decision by the refs after seeing the the I guess the upset with how game four ended? I, I would hope not. I would hope that the refs don't uh, take the previous game, you know, and look at it back and say, oh, we called this. Oh, you know, next game we're going to make up, but we're not calling it. Like, that, that's that's garbage for me. Like, I'm not – like, it's definitely something that referees do, um, but you would hope that the refs in the Stanley Cup finals, you know, they're at the highest level of the game as well, that they wouldn't do something like that. Uh, it's I don't want to say it's impossible. It was very strange, you know, to play that many periods, that many minutes in a physical game without penalties. Uh, so I, I don't disagree that it's, you know, out of the realm of possibility. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think I – don't, I don't think it's necessarily them, like, looking at the last game and saying, like, all right, we need to change it up. I think it might have been a little more just, hey, it's – you know, it's an elimination game. Let's just let, let things go. Let's just let things work themselves out. Just let them play. But I would say yeah. – I would say that, that that way of thinking for the refs plays into Dallas's favor a little bit. Oh, because, yeah. Because they're, they're – right, because they're able to get away with it. So what do you see the Lightning have to do at five-on-five five if come game six the refs are, are, aren't calling anything? The Lightning, we know the Lightning can take a hold of a game if we give them too many power plays. So what do the Lightning have to do five-on-five? Because five it seems that, obviously, there were, there's the big games where they beat them 5-2 and stuff like that. But other than that, it seems like the Lightning have, are having a more difficulty getting through the Dallas defense in that five-on-five five and generating. Yeah, so – in, in terms of, like, offensively, 5-on-5, five five, uh, you know, I, I mentioned uh, just a couple minutes ago, they're not really uh, – Tampa's not really a team that goes to the front of the net and waits uh, and tries to get a screen. Uh, that might be something you have to change up, especially when you're getting those role guys out there. 
uh, like the net front presence, uh, you know, a lot of goals are scored in that area and it'd be a little more important to get there. Uh, in terms of defensively, something I do want to mention five on five, like you should stop letting Corey Perry and Joe Belsky get anywhere near the net. These guys are just too good in front of the net and five on five, regardless of how good Vasilevsky is, they're just, they're going to find ways to put it in. I don't know, ever since Corey Perry's wife showed up to the bubble, he's just been buzzing, man. You yes. see her every time, mm-hmm. see her every time cheering that he, that he scores, and yeah, I think that just gave him extra juice, and that's you know the last thing a team like Tampa needs. Yeah, so you're talking Tampa needs to get to the front of the net to to generate, and and the Dallas Stars are only generating from the front of the net. The tying goal was from a rebound, Pavelski standing right in front. The game winning goal was a brilliant save by Vasilevsky right in front, but Corey Perry standing there. Yep all alone what do what does the tampa defense have to do to to combat that and i know it's hard because like that's literally where those players make their living so what what because you would think guys like victor hedman and you guys because you guys have some bigger defensemen it should be it it would you would think it'd be easier for them to get them out of there so what do they have to do to 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 get them out of there well you would definitely think it should be easier but the thing like with tampa is even the decor like they're still a reliable decor and they're on zone to get me wrong but it's a little more about um trying to create an efficient offense and you know something that they do and you can tell that the effort in the defensive zone isn't really always there especially like below the hash marks i would like to see you know a hell of a lot more effort some guys in front of the net you know you'll see them with their stick just kind of up at their side you never want that in front of the net stick always on the ice you got to be able to take away passing lanes left sticks be ready for whatever and I don't know, that's just something that Tampa just hasn't really seen to do, especially in this uh, Stanley Cup Finals when you have to do everything perfectly and, you know, to the best of your ability. That's just something they've really been lacking. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Luke Chen gets in the lineup going into game six because that's something that he's willing to do a little more. You know, he's a little more of that true defensive type of guy. Yan Ruda is just uh, – he's, he's, he's not a guy that they should be playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. Interesting. Uh, do you not um, worry about, like, Luke Chen's foot speed? It's a little concerning, but um, as long as like I'm, I'm all on the train of play Victor Hedman thirty minutes a night every single night because he's just he's just that good and he can handle it. So if John Cooper is willing to do that, that can cut down on Luke Shen. He can play more of you know he can take some defensive zone draws. He can worry about the penalty kill. He doesn't have to worry about too much of you know the break-ins and the offensive type of situations. If you play him, like if you play him fifteen minutes a night, like. Or that, that would be perfect for him because he could, you know, stay fresh, be, you know, semi – like, he's obviously a slow dude, but, you know, he can still kind of keep pace and then, you know, play his game. And if he's playing his game, he's a pretty solid defenseman. Well, da- Dallas State fans definitely understand the sentiment of wanting to run your top defenseman 30 minutes because, uh, <laughs> like, like it, it's the, – the, the Swedish defensemen on both sides have been just a blast so to oh, – just so a blast good. to watch. So, we've talked about, you know, we've talked about game three, we talked about game four, we talked about game five. Dallas Stars won game five, forcing a game six. It's going to be on Monday. So, now looking ahead at this game six, what are you expecting from this? It's another elimination game. Tampa, the Cup's in the building. Tampa with the chance to bring it home. Dallas looking to push it to that last game seven. Like, what is it going to take for the Lightning to push forward here? Well, Tampa hasn't lost two games in a row while playoffs. I have a hard time believing that's going to be that this series is going to be the first time that happens. I really have a hard time believing it. I, I thought all along this was going six games. Um, I didn't expect Dallas to win game one, to be honest. But I thought the whole time, you know, it's probably going to be two wins for Tampa, then uh, Dallas, then Tampa, Dallas, and Tampa again to win the Cup. So it, it's not quite that, but it, it isn't going to the six games like I thought it was going to. 
Uh, you know, Dallas is obviously a tough team, but as I said, you know, like anyone that listened to the Blue Note pod that we were on, uh, Tampa, they really are just a better team in all aspects. Dallas is still like, getting outscored in these playoffs, and that's, that's something that Tampa should really be able to capitalize on heavily. And they, you know, they don't get me wrong, they, they scored some goals, but they haven't done it as much as I thought they were going to do. Um, and I think that changes game six. Interesting. So now, if the Lightning win, who is your vote for Consmite? It's right in point. It's not even close, dude. He, like, especially, like, he really cemented that this series. Uh, coming in, I was a little, like, eh, maybe Victor Hedman, maybe Braden Point, maybe even Andre Vasilevsky because he's played every second of this playoffs for Tampa. But Braden Point is the reason that Tampa's winning. He's just every centimeter of the ice, he's just so dominant. It's it's shocking that we got him at the price point that we did. That we got him in the third round. It, it, it floors me every time thinking about it. He's just – he's so dominant. Uh, you, it's – like, he's just – he's that number one center on the team, and he normally has to be that number two center uh, unless they decide to throw Stampos on the wing, which does happen sometimes. But he's finally, you know, getting the recognition that he really deserves. I feel like he's uh, a pretty – I don't know if he's under the radar, but I think he's uh, not talking about it enough. And winning the Consmite by, you know, this, putting up this performance that he has, I think he's at – shoot, what's the number? I, I, can't remember, I can't remember the number of points he's at right now. Um, I'm drawing a blank on it. I'm, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at it right now. Kucherov is actually leading the playoffs with 33, but he is right behind with 32. Yeah. So yeah, he's at 32. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, Kuch is a hell of a player, but Kuch is nowhere near the impact that Braden Point does on the team and on the ice. So Braden Point, he's done everything offensively, defensively. Uh, he's the guy that you're relying on all playoffs, and he deserves the Conn's life. All right. Well. I hope that doesn't happen, right? I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is a Dallas podcast, all right? Uh, yeah. But it has been fantastic chatting with you uh, and, and getting your, your opinion on it. It's going to be – I think it's been a exciting series. It definitely hasn't gone the way I expected it to. I, just, I like – it's just been – like you said, I wasn't expecting Dallas to win that game one. And once they won that game one, the series has sort of been sideways ever since. Uh, it, it, it's never really gotten to exactly where I think people predicted to it, but it's been a a super fun series. So I guess my last question for you is what is your biggest takeaway from the series isn't over, but what, what's going to be your your biggest takeaway from it? My biggest takeaway would honestly probably be how important Steven Samkos is to the team, even with him being on the lineup and playing as well as they have the second he got in the lineup and only played, you know, less than three minutes. Like, he has been such an under-the-radar, behind-the-scenes catalyst for this team. Uh, he's been keeping them going. He's, you know, been in the locker rooms every game, been around the team the whole time. And you don't really see that because he's been injured, hasn't been talking to media, hasn't really been on the ice. So you just – you almost kind of forget about him. And But, you know, just seeing it in that game, you really understand how much these guys want to win it for Stammer. They want to win it for themselves, of course, but they really want to win it for Stammer. And that's a that's a hell of a guy, a hell of a leader, if you ask me. Listen, we, we saw his impact in, in that game three. And, like, as a coach, and, and I was saying this to Ishan Dillon, that, like, as a coach, if I see Stamkos in the, is in the lineup, I'm walking back into my locker room and being like, boys, this is going to – this is a different game now. This is and, – and I don't think that happened. I don't think they adjusted to him coming back and what that was going to do for the Lightning. And we saw what happened in the first period. Um, yeah. and I think, I think it was all just because he was, obviously he scored a fantastic goal and, and that's a huge, like 
jump start for your team. But I think yeah. the fact that he was just even sitting on the bench in pads, like does something for your team. And like I said, as like, if I was Rick bonus and I saw that I would have prepared my team so much differently for that game three. And I don't think that happened. Yeah. Because even if he's like, I, I knew he was going to go in and play a small role. I didn't think he was going to be that small. I didn't think he was going to re-aggravate anything. But I thought he was going to be like, you know, he's going to play 10 minutes uh, sparingly and do what he can. But, like, you got to know that's going to, like, rejuvenate the team. you you got to play that differently. you got to play, uh, you know, like, a lot more sound defensively. Worry about trying to get really high, you know, scoring opportunities and then taking the body and trying to kill any momentum that you can. But Dallas was just never able to kill that momentum. So I said that was my last question, but I actually have a real last question. What is it going to take for Dallas to force a game seven? Uh, if, um, if they keep getting to the front of the net uh, and just kind of can bully Tampa really in front of their own net, that's it's something that they've always struggled in my opinion. And Dallas is a team that tends to do a pretty good job of that. So if they can keep getting to the front of the net, uh, play that gritty style, if they can out hit Tampa, because we've seen games where Tampa's out hit Dallas and it's not even close for Dallas. If they can really outman them, wear them down, then Dallas has a chance. And if Dallas wins game six, that will probably game seven will probably be the one time I'll be extremely nervous because I don't know which way that would go. Yeah, I mean, so that that is the big thing, right? Like at this point, yeah. it's 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 win for Tampa. They leave with the cup, and Dallas doesn't even get a sniff of winning it. Or Dallas wins, and then you go to Stanley Cup Finals Game Seven. Like that's that is the game that we all play as a kid, right? Like yeah, exactly. You have no like how do you predict an outcome for a game like that like we we've saw as stars fans already in this run the game seven against colorado and kiwi freaking ronta scores a hat trick in overtime like how do you predict that it, it's it's gonna it's been a great series i hope dallas is able to win it and push it at game seven just so we can see that and my heart and anxiety level will skyrocket but it's been a blast to have you on. So uh, what do you have coming up? Where can we find you? And uh, give, us a, give, us a, give us a plug. So you can find our podcast at Bolts Broadcast on Twitter. That is at Bolts Broadcast. You can find me on Twitter at Chawdust, C-H-A-W-D-U-S-T. It's a nickname I got playing hockey. I just kind of have it naturally. I don't really know how. Um, but coming up, we're, we're hoping to have you actually on our show. Uh, we we got to figure out a time, uh, something that works for you and works for us as well. Uh, so we, we were kind of thinking maybe after the series is all done, so whether it's Tampa or Dallas, we can kind of get reactions from the whole playoffs and from that series. So yeah, we, we look forward to doing that with you as long as you're able to. Well, awesome. Uh, I definitely will be involved in that. So uh, hopefully everyone uh, will keep an eye out for that when uh, I'm a special guest on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I look, I look forward to it. I look forward to talking about Tampa winning the 2020 Stanley Cup with you. Oh, man, 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 man. My, my ratings are going to be just through the floorboards for this week. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's going to be bad. Well, we appreciate, we appreciate you coming on and uh, have taken a moment out of your day to talk with us. And uh, we don't wish luck here anymore. So uh, have a good night. <laughs> Thanks, man. You too. And there you have it, folks, this week's interview. And we broke down the Dallas Stars game so that all there is left is the Dallas Stars to go out there 
and do this hockey. Like I said, it's going to be a difficult, you know, task to climb the mountain and force a game seven versus a Tampa Bay Lightning team. I mean, you heard what Chase said. Tampa hasn't lost two games all playoffs long. So hopefully the Dallas Stars are able to, you know, capitalize and take their chances and force the game seven. It's going to be intense. My heart's going to be in, on my throat. If you guys want to follow along, because I know you guys will be, you can follow this podcast at Cleanscape Podcast on Twitter to follow along for Game 6 and then Game 7 when it does eventually happen. And remember, Stars fans, we're not going home, and I'll talk to you cowpokes in the next one.